Welcome to the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast. Our host, Oscar and Dermo, will together with guests share proven, tested strategies for improving your life and business. At the end of each episode, you will learn how you can use technology to implement those strategies into your daily life. We want to help you bridge the gap from inspiration to implementation. Welcome to another episode of the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast and can you believe it? This is episode 100. Wow. 100 episodes since 2017. Uh, it's been super fun so far. I have had the chance to speak to some amazing people all over the world and uh, yeah, some really amazing conversations and also uh, fun learning. Uh, so yeah, the purpose is a little bit both to combine having fun and also inform and educate. So, And I hope that I succeeded with that. And I hope you enjoy also to listen to this podcast because, yeah, for me, I listen many times to some episodes. I listen to them over and over again because, this, yeah, it's like reference material for me. So, yeah, we're coming to the end of the year. And to get to com- together with, uh, you know, being episode 100, I thought I would do a couple of top lists. So I have a couple of categories, top three, and uh, yeah, so this episode will just be like a history of a strategic tech coaching podcast. We will go back to the past and listen to some of those episodes that we already done and rank them in different uh, top lists. So uh, first of all, uh, thank you for listening wherever you are in the in the world. I think we had maybe 150 different national nationalities uh, from the listeners uh, from the listening statistics. So. Uh, top three most listened, most downloaded uh, countries where people tend to listen on the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast is number one, Sweden, which is pretty logical because many of the guests are Swedish. Number two is US and number three is UK. So that's uh, top three most listened countries. And if you go the other way around, like in the bottom, we had uh, like people from Algeria, Jamaica and I think Morocco was like in the bottom <laughs> where I had a few downloads. But yeah, like I said, I think 145 to 150 different uh, countries have listened to the episode. So wherever you are in the world, thank you for listening. I really appreciate that. And also to all the wonderful guests, uh, thank you for uh, like giving me your time and uh, my uh, giving me your time so I can ask questions. And, and uh, yeah, I, I like I, I'm curious and I like to learn. So and I hope that uh, comes out in, in the show. That uh, when I introduce these people, that uh, yeah, there's, there's always something to learn. And sometimes I've been thinking if I should have just like one category of episodes, but I'm curious about everything. So yeah, I've had people talking about health. I had talk, people talking about new technology. I had talk, people talking about leadership, uh, personal development, self leadership. So many different topics. And I think it, we will continue like this. So uh, just uh, and being curious is uh, one of the tenants in my concept of future proving yourself we need to be curious to future proof ourselves okay so the first top list is the most listened to episode and i have uh, on third place we have lasse gustafsson brandmannen and for those of you listening in sweden you might know who he is he's one of the most famous speakers in sweden and yeah he had a terrible accident in the 80s and then he's been a motivational speaker since, I think, the early 90s. So that's top three most listened to episode. And we're going to hear a clip from that soon. And then number two, 
most listened episode is Kjell Enhager. And Kjell Enhager is uh, one of the top peak performance coaches in Sweden. And that episode has also been very, very popular. And I'm very happy that uh, the most listened episode on the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast is the first episode that I ever did. Because this is with uh, 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 someone that has changed my life and improved my life so much to the better. It's the founder of Mental Training. It's Lars Erik Unestol. He's That's the most popular episode. And yeah, the, his method, Mental Training, has been used by millions of people in Sweden and also by elite athletes around the world. And yeah, his method changed my life. And so, and he's such a nice, cool guy. So I'm very happy that this is the most uh, listened to episode on the STC podcast. So we're going to hear a short clip where he tells a little bit background on strategic, uh, on mental training uh, and how he got started with mental training. So here we go. You, I believe, were the first one to use the term mental training. That is correct. Uh, Yes, uh, I wanted to find a word that could uh, be suitable for the uh, thing that I had been working for uh, with in uh, Uppsala University uh, in combination of finding alternative states of consciousness mm. in terms of uh, uh, the, the effect of training mm. uh, in other areas than uh, just sport. Mm. And also, in order to get some control over the uh, variation of performance in sport, so that it was the sport background that uh, made me start to work with that that became mental training yeah. and uh, uh, of course, as I was psychologist at that time. Uh, my colleague said you cannot call it mental training because people will connect it with a mental hospital, mental patient. Mm. But uh, it's not so many alternatives. Uh, You could call it psychic training as we have done Mm. in the Swedish army, Uh, but uh, it's not better. So I decided to use the term mental training for this uh, uh, method yeah. and to give it a positive uh, content. And I think now uh, mental training is, is, is the name that is used all over the world because I just uh, did an Instagram post, you know, the social media where you can use hashtags and I used mental training as a hashtag and there was 25,000 posts on mental training. Mm-hmm. So I think it, th- this term that you started to use has spread now all over the world, which is great. Yes, <clears throat> and um, uh, in... Uh, as I developed the training programs during the 60s in the, in the, with the national teams in Sweden, uh, then the first uh, te- uh, test was the Olympics in, in Montreal. Mm. And when I went around in the Olympic village and asked people about sports psychology and about mental training, uh, no one knew about mm, that. Yeah. So I was the only one, only sports psychologist at that time in the Olympics. And uh, But the rumor about uh, Sweden has started something called the mental secret, training. Secret weapon. Spread around. So between 1976 and 1988 with the Olympics in uh, Korea, Seoul, I was invited to 12 different countries. Yeah. Uh, of the Olympic uh, Committee. 
you, in order to you, introduce it. You were in Australia, right? And you Australia US. many times, yes. Yeah, as a guest professor. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So um, there was some kind of uh, revolution for mental training yeah. up to uh, yeah. 78. But at yeah. that time it was only used uh, in sport in other yeah. countries. And still around the world it has been mostly used in sport. So yeah, yeah. it's first now... Uh, because in Sweden we have used it in other, uh, in all areas of society. In the school and business. And, and yeah. uh, it starts to come also in other countries now. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, for example, if you in social media now there is this uh, viral thing that some schools have been practicing meditation, mindfulness meditations or something, instead of detention. And I was thinking, well, we did mental training in the schools in Sweden already in the 80s because you did projects with the Swedish school system. Because I remember when I was a kid, after gymnastic class, we lay down mm -hmm. and I realized maybe 20 years later that it was actually yours, your voice we were listening yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, so we had like 10 minutes of relaxation after gymnastic class and I remember how it was really a good effect on me, you know. Yeah, so. I started with, uh, with a friend to make... Uh, a project with mental training in, in the school system 1976 and he made his dissertation uh, a PhD about uh, the effect after six years of research and mm. uh, the effect was so good that um, mental training became a part of the Swedish school system mm. uh, first during uh, different names in the beginning it was um, regulation of uh, tension mm -hmm. control mm -hmm. and uh, uh, then it was some other names but uh, since some years back we have the name mental training also mm -hmm. in the school system. So the first part of the interview I did with Uno Stol, we actually recorded in his car. My plan was to go walk with him and go for a walk and, and, and interview him while we were walking. But yeah, we were arranging some things because he had an event and we had to come back for dinner and all this. So we, so we actually recorded the first part in the car. So it was a bit uh, yeah, interesting <laughs> to interview someone in a car. However, the, the, the part that you listened to, we did at his school in Örebro, that is Unestol Education. And uh, we have one more part that I want to share with you. And it's Unestol founded mental training, I think, more than 50 years ago. They celebrated 50 years ago the, the, the creation of mental training, which is a bit funny because Unestol is only 37 years old. So how is that possible? Yeah, so Unestol has a lot of interesting ideas and thoughts on getting old and aging. So I asked him about this. So, yeah, here's his interesting response on about getting old. I know you have some interesting thoughts on aging. I'm getting old. And mm. uh, I'm older than you now because you stayed at 37, correct? Yes. So I've surpassed you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are your thoughts on, uh, on aging? I look and at you as an old uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, uh, on aging? Because you have uh, two, uh, two days to discuss this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very short, uh, you can say that uh, first there is a lot of uh, interesting discussions about uh, age and uh, how long life we could have. Yeah. And uh, there is one researcher in England who, who says that uh, the first person who will live a thousand years has already been born. Yeah, it's his, I have seen his TED talk. Uh, what's his name, that researcher again? Uh, I don't remember, but yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, Fascinating. so this is one area. The other area is um, if we look at aging as it has been, or as is many people think, it has been combined with the decline theory. Mm. And the decline theory uh, means that uh, it's rather natural to develop during 20 years to stay mm. for 50 years and then uh, go down, yeah, uh, yeah. decline, uh, mentally and, uh, and physically. Mm. However, uh, that had to do also with uh, the belief that uh, the brain is, red, is finished developed at 20 years of age and then it goes yeah i remember down. when i was when you were a kid i always thought that when you lose your brain cells you can't get them back because that's right. what the yeah. research said at the time but that has changed now correct yeah uh, and uh, since a few years thanks to a swedish yeah oh, we had a little bit of a technical fault there but okay uh, let's continue yeah yeah the brain uh, continues to produce new nerve cells the lifelong mm -hmm. why haven't we uh, detected that before why have we, have we believed in the decline theory yeah one reason is that um, uh, my friend the swedish researcher peter erikson he showed that in order to use uh, the um, in order to keep the new nerve cells we have to use it mm. so uh, it became uh, the saying use it or lose it mm -hmm. yeah so if we don't use it, then it disappears. Mm -hmm. And what happens when we get older is that we st start to use the brain less and less. Yeah, people retire and yeah. you know, play golf and I drink mean, wine the whole day. Retirement, days. you lose the, the mission yeah, concept. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Who wants my uh, resources now? Mm -hmm. uh, you lose uh, friends yeah, from yeah. their work. Yeah. The identity, who am I now mm. when I'm not this profession and so on. So yeah. it, there are a lot of... To be honest, I, I don't believe thing. in retirement anymore because retirement assumes that I don't like what I'm doing. Mm. But if I love what I'm doing, why should I ever retire? Yeah. And some of the things, not everything that I do, but some of the things that I do, I love doing it. Yes. So I have no intention of retiring. I want to continue as long as I can, you know. Yeah. So then and, uh, why should I retire has, at 65, you know? And it has been known for many, many years that people without a certain year of retirement with free uh, professions like authors and so mm. on, uh, live longer Yeah, yeah. because they don't have I this. I think Dale Carnegie did his last uh, public speaking when he was 94 or something like this. Yeah. You know, he was always yeah. on stage, yeah. you know, why? Why stop if you love what you're doing? And that's, I mean, I, you travel all over the world and speak and, mm -hmm. and talk about your mental training concept. So, yeah, so this uh, is one thing. And the other thing is that uh, you connect often because of the decline theory, you connect things to happen when you get older. Mm. Uh, when, I'm, when someone is 50 or 60, 70. Yeah. Now I expect things yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and of all course, this, expectation is a very uh, yeah, important part. Yes, the goal image. And, yeah. and I remember my grandparents kept saying that, oh, we don't have as much energy because we're so old. And they kept saying that over and yeah, over again. Yeah, and of yeah. course, if you say that, you know, yeah, sure. you just making it, make it stronger. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I decided <laughs> then 25, because you mentioned 37 years, yeah. I decided 25 years ago to take away my age. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, by hypnosis. Yeah. So after that, I have. So how old are you now? Uh, Thirty-seven. <laughs> because um, I I know when I am born, but I cannot connect it with uh, uh, with yeah. a uh, yeah. year. Yeah. Now. So, but then I detected that I needed some identification mm. because if I didn't know anything about how old ah, I was, then it could be 150 so, or you know uh, whatever. Yeah, it yeah. was some uh, uncertainty. So mm. then I uh, I told myself which is the best year of my life, and I found 37. Ah, okay. And then I programmed in so yeah. 37 years to stay yeah, at yeah. that age. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of the first time you and me met was when I did uh, my coaching certificate in Thailand with you. And I already done your course, the, the mental training course. And in the course, you say this, that you, you blocked mm. how old you are. Mm. So we were walking on the beach in Thailand, and I think we were, we were on the way to that restaurant on the beach there. And I, I, I wanted to test you. So, so I asked you, oh, Ernesto, how old are you now? Because I wanted to see your, your response. And you, your response was immediately, well, I don't know, 47. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this was 2011 or something like this. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting. No, I didn't say I don't know. I said Yeah, yeah probably 47, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I know I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, moving on to the second most uh, listened episode on the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast, which I said was with Shell Inhage. So Shell in Sweden is famous. He's coached uh, a lot of the elite athletes here and also uh, salespeople, entrepreneurs, leaders for, for many, many years. Uh, one of the things that he's known for, that he coached Annika Sörenstam, which is by many considered the best golfer in the world. And uh, one lesson also from this is that I reached out to Shell Inhage's team uh, and asked if I could do an interview with him. And two lessons in this. The first thing is that they replied saying no the first time. But it, he did it in a smart way, or the team did it in a smart way. They said, no, not at this point in time. So he left a door open, which I think is a smart way of doing. If you're getting approached by someone to interview you and you don't have time or you don't think maybe it's a big podcast or whatever, Leave the door open because you don't know. Maybe the podcast will grow and maybe... Yeah, so don't just shut the door. Leave it a little bit open. Uh, and since he left the door open, I asked him again a little bit later. And this was during the pandemic. So during the pandemic, I was locked up in Dubai. I had lots of times. I did a lot of episodes for the podcast. So I asked him again, Hey, Shell, would you mind being part of the podcast this time? And then he replied, Actually, yeah, this time it works. Because he was also at home, all his... Uh, uh, like live trainings and live speaking gigs were cancelled, so he was sitting at home with some extra time. So yeah, the lesson is leave the door open, and the, the lesson from my side is don't give up. You know, keep because he was a dream guest for me. Uh, I I look up to Shell. He's uh, uh, I something I aspire to. You know, inspire. He inspires and help people uh, all over the world actually. So yeah, and to prepare for this interview, I listened to a lot of previous interviews with Shell. So I went for walks and I listened to, um, yeah, he's been on many Swedish podcasts. So I listened I, I listen to a lot, of, a lot of podcasts with him. And there's one thing that he shares, uh, a story that he normally shares. So, and that story helped me because I was in a car accident in Dubai. So, yeah, here is the clip from that episode. A couple of months ago, I was uh, outside a hotel in, in Dubai and I was parking my car. And the car in front of me started backing and he didn't see me. He didn't look back. So I see he would hit me. And when I was in the car, I was listening to a podcast with you where you were exactly at that time were explaining my business, your business, God's business. And the car hit me, 
but it wasn't that hard. But he, so it only scratched me a little bit, but for him it was quite hard. So I had to go out and talk to him. And I think when I opened the door, your podcast was still playing. And so this, my business, your business, God's business is a great model. And I used it at that time. So can you maybe wow. share a little bit about that model? <laughs> yeah, I, many years ago, I think it was 20 years ago, I listened to a fantastic girl. Her name is Byron Katie, and she's uh, works all over the world uh, as, as a therapist. And she had a concept she called My Your God's Business. Um, she talked about that how you focus actually gives consequences. And by business, if I just play with the word business, it's not only business-wise in terms of money, it's busyness. It's where you put your you know, focus. Where are you busy? And she meant that if you focus on my business, that's things that I can influence. If I lean forward, backwards, if I'm responsible, if I say, you know, whatever I do. If I say, I, you know, I take it, it's my responsibility. Then I'm sitting in the driver's seat. I, I accept I'm the programmer in my life. And that's my business. If you do that, according to Byron, she said, that gives you a sort of a sense of subjective control. I have the control because I'm in charge. Then what that gives you in turn is self-confidence. So confidence in myself because I feel control because right now I'm focusing on things that I can't control. Your business, that is what other people do. In golf, that would be the other players. In life, it would be, I want to be liked by someone or if you're in a, in a, in a business, what other businesses are doing. You can't influence them directly. You do it indirectly. Uh, God's business, Byron said she was not religious. She meant it was more mother nature. In other words, if you focus on weather, wind and rain, of course, we influence it in the long run, but not in the short term. It's very hard to go out and change the weather, which makes me, I have no control and my self-confidence go down the tubes. Mm. So for instance, my business, your business, God's business. If, I, if you're in your business, have you ever been driving your car and focusing on how someone else should drive his or her car. Then what happens, first of all, whose business are you in now? And what's the consequence in your body? What feelings, emotions do you have? Very much often, irritation, frustration. Meanwhile, when you go back and say, hey, what's my responsibility? Then you feel control. Mm. So that's a huge shift of who owns, because if you're still into blaming someone else's fault, my parents, blah, blah, in my opinion, you haven't started this journey called your life. It's someone else driving your life. Mm. And that toughest part, Oscar, the way I see, is to be responsible, the ability to respond to the situation. So pretty fun story from Shell. And uh, Shell is an excellent storyteller. So if you haven't listened to the whole episode, I recommend you to go back and listen to Shell Enager's, the interview with Shell Enager. I think it's episode 61. So number three on the top list, most listened to, is like I said, Lasse Gustav. Uh, Brandmannen, and in 1981 he was just start, work, starting to work as a fireman in Gothenburg, and they got called to some uh, some place, and there was a huge accident. I think it was a gas leak or something like this. So he woke up in the hospital uh, with 40% of his body in third degree burns, fire burns, and uh, yeah, he I think he was in a coma for like a couple of months, and he it took one year for him to get back, and he has burn he still has burn uh, scars all over his body uh, so pretty rough day in the office you may say 
and that he shares how he came back his journey back and then in the 90s that uh, he started speaking start working as a motivational speaker uh, a lot with Unestol actually so and this episode it means a lot to me because when my mother had cancer uh, unfortunately my mother passed away uh, the autumn of 2020 and one she listened to this episode when she had her cancer so at the end she was in a lot of pain and Lasse shares a way to deal with this pain and my mom listened to it and she sent me a, a, a mail after and said Oscar I listened to that episode and I slept really good last night because I applied what he was saying so yeah it's uh, dear to my heart this episode because of this Lasse you inspired my mom and you helped her uh, deal with her pain and I'm know you inspired a lot of people throughout the years so continue what you're doing also continue skiing because i like you i know you like skiing so but uh, yeah here we go me and lasse what are what are some of the key lessons you think from your accidents that can be applied to other people that go through tough times because there will be ups and downs in everyone's lives and you went through something extremely tough you almost died and your whole life changed basically so what are some yeah. of the lessons that that we can apply from because i believe there's so many lessons in your story and how you came out of this yeah one one thing i noticed when i woke up and was so weak down in 40 kilograms my body weight and and uh, blind and you know only speaking can really i could only have this uh, five five minutes per hour so Mostly I was dumb and laying in this bed. And what I noticed was that if I, if I was uh, putting energy, mental energy and thinking about things which was negative for me, for example, bitterness, helpfulness, uh, that, or that I, I'm a victim and, and and God is a bad guy who gave me this punishment and, and so on. If, if I was giving focus on that kind of thoughts, I noticed immediately that I lost energy. Mm. And it was immediately more heavier to breathe. Right now, you and me, we are breathing and we are not giving, God, giving it a thought at all but when i was weak as i was i immediately get feedback that different kind of thoughts can take energy from me and make it heavier to it to breathe or i can think about things which don't take any take any energy and then it will continue to be um, pretty easy to breathe so the breathing helped me, the breath helped me to understand if I was thinking about good things which should help me in the long term or if I lost myself in bad thoughts which take, took my energy away. That's really interesting because like in NLP, for example, they talk about this, that your thoughts create your emotions which create your actions. And that's a, yeah. fear, that's a theory, but in real life, most people forget about it. They maybe read it in a book, but they forget about it. But you actually yeah. could sense it immediately. Yeah, I experienced, I, I, I did experience it uh, in this uh, special situation. 
And I didn't know anything about NLP or mental training when, this, when I was in this accident. But many years later, I, I, I met, for example, Dr. Unestol, which has created in Sweden a special form of mental training. And I find in his, um, in his work as a doctor that I find that very much what he was describing around mental training felt very natural for me because I recognize it that when I did do the good things when I was so weak, it's exactly the same which Dr. Unestall is describing in his books because of how he has um, um, yeah, done research on these things. Yeah, We've done research, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you experienced you experienced his life, the research that he's been doing. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was the first top list, top three most listened to episodes. And yeah, if you haven't listened to uh, yeah any of those, I recommend you to listen again. Because yeah, repetition is the mother of skill. And yeah, all of those three episodes are inspiring with some interesting strategies that you can use in your daily life. So we move on to the next top list. And this is the top list. This is my personal top list. This is the most fun episodes to do for me. Where I had the most fun. And uh, yeah, it's you'll see. The, it's a little bit uh, crazy things that happens during this episode. So the first episode is actually episode 7. And with a, it's a guy called Justin. And Justin was uh, is a di- digital marketing guy. And he was visiting in Dubai. And I, I found out that he was interested in snowboarding. So we went to Ski Dubai in, in, in the Mall of the Emirates in Dubai, where you can ski inside. In Ski Dubai, it's minus four all the time. So I took him snowboarding, I was skiing, and we recorded the episode in the share list in between the episode. So we had a really fun time together. We were laughing and yeah. So I think that comes out. So I think it's probably the first and only podcast that's been recorded inside Ski Dubai. And uh, Justin shares a little bit about uh, video marketing. So yeah, here we go. Me and Justin in ski, inside Ski Dubai. So we are... Normally I go walking and talking with smart people. But today we're actually skiing. <laughs> Welcome Justin to the podcast. Hey Oscar, it's good to be here. So we're actually inside Ski Dubai, uh, skiing. It's minus four inside and I think like, I don't know, 35 or something outside. <laughs> it's incredible, yeah. It's boiling outside, it's freezing inside. Um, yeah, but it's it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah I mean, but it, it all started from a, a snowboarding trip. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone that's listening, the, be- the, the best advice, go snowboarding. I did it to Japan and then... <laughs> no, let, let's go down to a little bit lessons, like uh, some strategies, tactics. So, uh, video marketing, everyone is talking about video marketing now. Why do you think video marketing is so powerful and what, what can people do yeah. to, to use it? To... So, I, I was talking about this earlier, but I, I truly believe it's the communication method of the, you know, certainly the next generation, if not our generation too, because Kids these days, uh, like before they even know how to read and write, before they even know how to text, like three-year-olds are sending Snapchat videos, Instagram stories, Messenger stories. They, they're shooting, like, because 
they don't know how to text so mm. the, the only way for them to communicate with each other is by sending video mm. um, the youngest millionaires these days are all less than 14 there's a guy called <laughs> amazing. Evan he makes 1.3 million dollars every year and he just does like um, he, he plays games and stuff on YouTube there's mm. a Jojo she sells hair bows she's yeah. worth 3.4 million dollars wow. there's another guy Ryan. PewDiePie in Sweden but he's a bit older but well, he's... he is a kid at heart isn't he yeah yeah exactly yeah he is yeah. No, no offense yeah. by that at all like I love the guy but yeah. don't get me wrong yeah. and there is one guy who is actually bigger than PewDiePie now um, and his name's Ryan. How old he's is he? He's a kid. He's like five years old. Oh, wow. And he just opens toys on his channel. Like, it's just... It's, <laughs> That's so interesting. It's, it's incredible. Um, so, so you think basically the future is just going to be more more and more videos? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think where video marketing will head to... Yeah. Then this is, you know... But it, let's speed it up because we're yeah. about to... <laughs> so, <laughs> like... For, yeah. Some tips, for example, the length of videos. What, what are your thoughts on how long should the videos be? Shorter is better. Yeah. Shorter is better. So like two, two to five minutes? Or? Instagram only allows you to have a minute. When you do Snapchat, mm. when you do messenger stories, all that sort of stuff, 15 seconds. Yeah. For a YouTube video, one minute to two minutes is okay. more than okay. enough. I think we do one more run, so okay. we talk a little bit more and then that's it. So <laughs> we'll <good>. talk soon. <laughs> So the the episode is about video marketing. So if you're not into video marketing, maybe it's not an episode for you. But it's quite fun because we had a very nice vibe uh, sitting in the ski lift. It's minus four, so it's a bit cold. So, But yeah, we I think the audio quality was still okay. I just used my phone to record. So uh, one of the things that Justin said, this was back in 2017. He said, video will just grow more and more, video marketing. And uh, this was before TikTok. So, yeah, it's quite interesting that he predicted this already back in 2017. Okay, so we move on to the second most fun episode for me to, to do. And this was with Frederick Presto. So Frederick Presto is one of the top hypnotists, uh, hypnotherapists in Sweden. And I met him at the Congress of Excellence. And uh, at the Congress of Excellence, he shared some things with me. Uh, he shared that he was allergic he used to be allergic with walnuts and that he cured it with hypnosis. And I was like, this sounds a bit funny. So, yeah, I had a surprise for him uh, when we did the interview. So, yeah, listen to this. Uh, I, I brought something and I wanted to give it to you, actually. Oh. So it's uh, something nice that uh, I would like as well. Uh, I brought some walnuts for you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you want some walnuts? Yeah, this is not for the dog. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't like yeah. walnuts. You don't want some walnuts? So, yeah, should we tell the story? Or should yeah, we yeah, 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 you can... Uh, <laughs> so, because um, yeah, tell Actually, yeah, yeah, this is kind of fun. I eat one first and then I'll tell you. Yeah. Mmm, nice guy. I actually love walnuts. Mm. I just have to huh. finish. Yeah. So I hadn't been yeah. eating them for 30 years mm -hmm. because I was allergic. Not, not you know, the nut allergy you die from, mm. not yeah. that. Yeah. But I felt extremely ill, mm -hmm. like vomiting. Mm. And also when I didn't know there were walnuts like in bread or something, I noticed, oh, I feel, yeah. so it wasn't, it was an allergy. Or, yeah. yeah. And then we had this NLP training like a year ago, I think. And this guy walks up to me and says, uh, he has a little bag like that with walnuts. And he says, Frederick, do you want a walnut? And I said, no, uh, sorry, I'm allergic. 
And then I realized I helped, I don't know how many people with allergies. And I have my own allergy and I haven't <laughs> done anything about it. So I said to my students, uh, you do this exercise and I'm going to do self-hypnosis on myself. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to eat walnuts. Mm-hmm. So I did what I call the allergy cure. It's not my invention. I don't know where it origins from. Mm-hmm. So I did that, took a few minutes and then I ate walnuts yeah. and I'm fine. I mean, this thing. sounds amazing, no? Yeah. This is but the first time I saw uh, uh, this... Um, phobia? Uh, not phobia cure, uh, allergic cure. Mm. Um, I was amazed because yeah, yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be possible. Yeah, because exactly. an allergy is something physical. Yeah. yeah. And it is. But we're so used since Descartes to divide ourselves in mind, body, mm. or spirit, body, or whatever. So we sometimes tend to forget that they're parts of the same system. An analogy is that your system has learned something that isn't true. Mm. But when is that learning happening? Oh, it could be by accident, is mm. it? It's not. Yeah, I, know. I, I mean, not. yeah, okay. Suddenly you're allergic and you don't know why. Yeah. No, because I'm lactose intolerant, and, uh, or, uh, so I need to come back to you. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Frederick, uh, he ate the walnuts and there was no aller- allergic reaction. So obviously it worked. So we tested it immediately. Uh, so uh, And another thing that was really fun is that I thought before, how can we make this interview interesting? So I, I asked him to, before we did the interview, to hypnotize me and to put the suggestion that I'm a great interviewer and it will be super fun, interesting and educational for the listener. So before we did the interview, he hypnotized me and then he woke me up and we started the interview immediately. And of course, when he said, the, the fun part was that he, uh, when he, he, he made me laugh a lot during the hypnosis to, to get into, yeah, so I said fun, informational and educational. So the fun part, he made me laugh, uh, uncontrollable. So yeah, here's a recording of uh, that part when Frederick hypnotized me and I start laughing uncontrollable. Imagine already that we're gonna have fun we're gonna laugh and the listeners are gonna have fun and laugh so maybe you can already access that smile and that laughter there you go you know how it is to laugh and as you do that laughter may get even stronger and you may start to think about silly things what things have I done that are silly? Pew! And as I go, pew! You can think of more and more silly things. Pew! 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 Should this be ter- therapy? Pew! Is he a hypnotist, really? I don't believe this. Pew! 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 This is crazy. Pew! Pew! Yeah, and the dog loves it too. Yeah, and that's the fun part. Yeah, so it was a fun experience to interview Frederick. And after I walked the streets of Stockholm, we did an interview in his office and I felt like really in the zone. So it was a really interesting experience to be hypnotized just before the, the show. And if you're interested in hypnosis, I had a lot of people that talk about this in a different way, like self-hypnosis, which is mental training. So Frederick Presto is one of the episodes, if you're curious about hypnosis. But I also like the, the episodes with uh, Unestol. I interviewed Unestol three times. And uh, yeah, a lot of those are discussions about self-hypnosis. And also the episodes with Igor Adoris is uh, basically about uh, mental training and self-hypnosis. So if you're curious to learn more about that, I recommend those episodes. 
Okay, so the third episode that was fun to do was with Oliver Enkamp. And Oliver Enkamp is not so known maybe in the coaching and the, the leadership community in Sweden, but he is famous in the MMA community, in mixed martial arts. He's a mixed martial artist and he's really nice, a nice guy. Like I asked him uh, basically how he would identify himself. So he said, a nice guy and a martial artist, I think he said. And uh, yeah, so I asked him a little bit about uh, Ikigai. This Japanese concept of uh, finding your purpose. And also, uh, it was fun when I interviewed him because something happened. So, yeah, let's listen to it. So, we just got a karate nerd coming <laughs> in. Uh, so, the next question, let's move on to that question. Hmm? Uh, who will win in a fight, you or your brother? <laughs> you can watch the video on his YouTube channel and you'll get the answer. <laughs> So, Karate Nerd challenges UFC fighter or something okay. like that. So Oliver's brother is a YouTuber that uh, does YouTube movies about karate. and uh, that's, I watched a few of the movies to prepare for this uh, interview. It was quite entertaining. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we did the interview at uh, his dojo or his... Uh, uh, martial arts studio in Tabby and in the middle of the interview uh, the doors opens and in walks uh, uh, his brother Jesse Enkamp who is famous all over the world as the karate nerd he's an influencer that has done a lot of fun YouTube videos about karate the history of karate and yeah he's an influencer basically so <laughs> we got interrupted by by him so and I to prepare for the interview I had watched a lot of uh, videos with him so it was really fun to, to suddenly like just maybe hours before I was watching him on YouTube and uh, his brother was in Okinawa. And then a few hours later, he walks in uh, there when we sit there. So it was quite fun. And uh, yeah, I recommend you to uh, watch some of those he, some of those uh, videos because it's quite fun. Especially like the history of karate. Like when Jesse goes to Okinawa and uh, hangs out with different karate masters and all this. So, And yeah, here's the part where we talk about Ikigai. Uh, ikigai mm. is something you posted mm. on Instagram. And yes. There's a book now called Ikigai. Oh, so, there is. Yeah, so, so tell uh, oh. the listeners, what does it mean, Ikigai? Ikigai is a Japanese concept meaning a reason for being. So usually it's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you think about when you go to sleep. So uh, for some people it might be their, their job, their profession, if they love what they're doing. For some people they might be their hobby. Maybe you're a piano player or, or you are a, a fighter like me. Uh, for some people it might be their kids, or, mm. for mm. example. Uh, so there's, there can be, it can be anything, you know. Mm. Uh, but it's what you really live for, you know. Your purpose. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and if you can find your ikigai, you're going to live happily mm. <laughs> ever mm. after, you know. Because you always have a purpose for waking up. Mm. You, this is your, your purpose, uh, so your goal for the day, mm. you know. What, uh, what is your ikigai? My, my ikigai is, is becoming the best version of myself that I can. Mm. And I have, uh, uh, I'm on this path of martial art now. Mm. So if I was born in a different family, it could ha I could have been a musician, an break actor, dancer. a break dancer, <laughs> uh, a football player. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I was brought up in a martial art environment, mm. so I took this as the path mm. uh, to reach my ikigai, mm. uh, which is being the best version that mm. I can be of yep. me. And uh, I think for people who don't, are not born with, with anything, mm. they're not steered into a path, 
you have to try things. Mm. You have to, yeah, get out there, mm. like try different things mm. and, and you're going to find it, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I know you've been a lot to Japan and, mm. and my wife has uh, Japanese roots and we watch a lot of Japanese TV and you, you see these Japanese uh, people that uh, they're maybe in their 70s and uh, they, they, they have found their ikigai and they've been mm. doing the same thing for like 50 years yeah. and they just wanted to make it better 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 yeah better. And it's so so fascinating you know, yeah this, i've uh, i've heard concept. like i've heard these stories it's pretty <laughs> sad actually but like you have old old real old people like mm. 90 plus years mm. they, they have been doing what they're doing all the time maybe they have a garden they're mm. taking care yeah, of they yeah. go up every every day and take care of the flowers yeah. and stuff and then you put them in a home uh yeah so they and no a couple guy, of months yeah. a couple of months later yeah, they're yeah, dead yeah, yeah, you know yeah. because you took away their ikigai mm, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. they have a dog they're taking yeah, care of it yeah, can be yeah, anything yeah. their grandchildren something yeah, you know yeah, yeah. but people need a purpose yeah. to be happy yeah, the, the, the last one we saw was I think he was in his 70s and he was uh, perfecting eggs mm. so he had uh, <laughs> chickens wow. and hens and uh, <laughs> every day he wow. was like trying to make the eggs mm. better so he was feeding them different food yes. and like trying it. <laughs> it's like and that was his wow. guy and he's been yeah. doing it for 50 years oh, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. always a little bit better you know it's, and, it's uh, more deeply rooted in the Japanese yeah, culture yeah, than exactly, here yeah. okay so I, I did another interview in Dubai that I was almost putting on this list this was, was with the guy Steve Maxwell uh, Steve Maxwell he's he's quite famous he's been on Joe Rogan many times and he's been on London Real many times and yeah many other podcasts he's a, basically a strength and conditioning coach and also like a longevity expert so yeah we had a very interesting discussion and what was fun was that I did the interview in Almaha which is one of the most luxurious hotels in Dubai and it's out in the desert in the middle of the desert it's an amazing hotel I never had the opportunity to stay there but I've been there a few times and it's just amazing 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 and we did the interview uh, in his room uh, actually i think outside on the uh, on the, they have like a small it's only villas and they have like uh, small swimming pools each villa so we were sitting by the the swimming pool and in the middle of the interview we had like arabian oryx uh, walking by like gazelles walking by so it was really fun to do it in that environment and also f- nice to interview such a, a, a big profile guest so yeah he almost made it on the list it was maybe top four most fun interview to do so if you haven't listened to that one i recommend you to listen to it we talk about uh, health we talk about longevity we talk about mindset and uh, different strengths uh, strength exercise and all this so that's another episode i can recommend oh some other top list that i wrote down was uh, as you may know this top podcast is not only about strategies, it's also about future technologies, what is coming and how we can, pre- can prepare. So I had a lot of uh, episodes about new technologies. We had, for example, a couple of episodes or two episodes about Bitcoin. And th- these guys that I interviewed are really experts on the topics like Knut Svanholm, for example. He's uh, in the Bitcoin com- community. He's one of the top, top experts. So that's another episode I can recommend you to listen to if you want to learn more about Bitcoin and how Bitcoin has the potential to change the world. I interviewed a, a guy on Hyperloops, a technology that I really hope will come. And I hope that Sweden will invest in it. Uh, I interviewed some guys on virtual reality and AI. And these are technologies that are coming that we should be aware of. And uh, also some futurists. Uh, I had a couple of futurists on the show. And those are also interesting episodes. I had, for example, Mats Lindgren, the Karis Future founder, uh, that we talk about the future. And then we have Shell Lindström and Jeff Wald. And Jeff Wald is uh, an American futurist. And he writes about the future of jobs. 
uh, or the end of Jobs. And uh, yeah, really, really interesting episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, I can recommend it. His book uh, inspired me and uh, I learned a lot about it, actually. It's about how new technologies are coming and the, how the landscape of work is shifting and all this. So uh, that's uh, those episodes uh, I can recommend as well. And it's all about future-proofing yourself. It's about learning about these new technologies and uh, understanding them because, yeah, a lot of things will happen in the next 10 to 15 years. So, yeah, be aware and uh, be curious about these technologies. I made another top list of most books written by a guest. And uh, I think number one was actually a guy called Patrick Holford that I interviewed during the pandemic. And he's an English guy that is expert on health. And I think he had written about 70 books. I have a couple of those books and uh, yeah, they're interesting books about uh, your health. So he was number one, most books written. Number two, most books written was a guy, another English guy actually called Jeff Thompson. And for me, it was really fun to interview him because yeah, he was an idol of, idol of mine when I was in the 90s when I was growing up and he was writing articles that was featured in uh, Swedish uh, martial arts magazines. So he's now more of a philosopher. He started working as a bouncer to deal with his fear and uh, then eventually started working more and more with spirituality and you know personal development. So yeah, that's an episode that also I can recommend. Even though it's a martial arts guy, it's not so much talk about martial arts. It's more about personal development and a lot of spirituality actually. And then the, the third most written books... It's Ben Furman, a Finnish uh, psychologist, and uh, he, I think, had written 28 books. Uh, so that's also, he's really, he's really fun guy. Like, I love love him. He, he uh, uh, I saw him speak at the Congress of Excellence in Sweden a couple of years ago, and he's, yeah, such a nice guy. So that's another episode that I recommend you to listen to. And uh, Igor has written, I think, nine or ten books. So he doesn't make it to the list because there's a couple of other guys on, that have written more books like, than him, like Joseph O'Connor and uh, Professor Unestol and all this. But I think Igor is the one that has the most books in him because every time I interview him, he has written a couple of new books. So even though Igor is not on the top list of most written books right now, I think he will reach it eventually because he's almost uh, he's a few years older than me. So yeah, he has a lot book, lot of books in him. And uh, that brings me to the next top list and that is uh, most frequent guest and Igor has been the most frequent guest. He's been on the show four times and one reason is because we share two interests. One is mental training, personal development, mind, you know, these things. And the second is martial arts. He is, same like me, a martial arts nerd. He's more into Japanese martial arts, but I'm, I'm more in, been more interested in like Southeast Asian martial arts. Like uh, I started with Wing Chun from Hong Kong and then also uh, Indonesian martial arts and Filipino martial arts has been more of my interest. But yeah, I'm passionate about these two topics and Igor is as well. And there's a lot of overlaps when it comes to personal development. And also my wife has roots in Japan. So we have a, I'm still fascinated by Japanese culture, which Igor is as well. So yeah, he's been four times on the show. And I think the last one we talk about his latest book. No, not his latest book because he's written more books after that. <laughs> because always when I speak to him, he's written a few more books. But yeah, we speak about uh, the, his book that meant about summarize and stuff. So I like that episode. I listened to it a couple of times and I recommend you to listen to it as well. 
So, and then the last uh, top list I have for you is the most underrated episode. And that is those episodes that I think personally are really good. And I'm surprised they don't have enough uh, listeners. And on top of that list is Dr. Richard Gordon. Uh, Richard Gordon is a friend of uh, Unistol. And uh, he was he's an American mental trainer and uh, psycholo- sports psychologist. He works with a lot of the American uh, teams over the years. Uh, so yeah, that episode I can recommend you to listen to. And number two, most underrated episode is actually that. I think it's my episode six or seven is with uh, Melissa, who is behind the ripple effect. And uh, Melissa had some trauma that happened in her life. And uh, yeah, so it's quite an emotional episode. So also quite inspiring episode. So that's, uh, uh, and it hasn't had that many downloads. So that's an episode that I can recommend. And the third one is Al Pitcher. And Al Pitcher maybe specifically for the Swedish listeners, because uh, yeah, Al Pitcher is one of the top stand-up comedians in Sweden, and he makes uh, a lot of uh, fun of sweets. He is originally from the UK, but grew up in New Zealand. And uh, So yeah, it, that's a really fun episode. It has a lot of downloads, but I, I, I was, would expect it to have more, because yeah, he's, uh, it, it was a fun, fun interview, actually. So... And yeah, with that, that's the top three list of the Strategic Coaching Podcast. And thank you again to all the listeners around the world. Thank you to all the amazing guests. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun to do this. And when I was reflecting the other day and I, I was thinking uh, how much energy I should put into the podcast, I realized that in 2023, I will spend more time doing the podcast. Uh, the last two years has been quite uh, a lot of changes in my life. I had to leave from Dubai, move back to Sweden, and we had, there was a lot of things that uh, came along with that, like my wife's papers for Sweden, my business crashing in Dubai, and I had to restart the business. And at the same time, my mom was uh, getting more and more uh, worse by the cancer and eventually passed, passed away. So there was a lot of stuff going on personally these last two years. So it's been, I think, a little bit less episodes after uh, the pandemic. Like when I was locked up during the pandemic, we did a lot of episodes. So um, that's, uh, yeah, 2023. I will try to do more episodes, find interesting guests around the world to interview about personal development, about leadership, by about new technologies. And I also have decided to rebrand the podcast. So strategic tech coaching for me is super clear. It's about strategies for a good life. It's sometimes using technology to implement those strategies and also coaching when I work in one-to-one with clients. So for me, it's super clear. But sometimes if you scroll through Spotify, maybe strategic tech coaching, it's not so clear. So I decided to rebrand the the podcast to Future Proofing Yourself because that's what it's all about. It's about being better prepared for the future by learning best strategies for personal development, self-leadership, best strategies for leading others, uh, with those leadership experts I talk about, and also better be better be better prepared for the future uh, by learning about these new technologies that are coming. So yeah, the, with that, I also would like to announce that I'm rebranding the podcast to Future Proofing Yourself. And uh, if you have any comments on the podcast, uh, any guests you would like to see, or yeah, anything else, just drop me an email, Oscar at strategictechcoaching.com, Oscar with a K. And yeah, I hope to see you somewhere around the world. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast with your host, Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.